let's uh, have a word of prayer and we'll get started this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this evening. Lord, pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I do ask, Lord, if uh, there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's, I just turned here. Let's sing 175, Oh How I Love. I don't know. I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of, so better not do that one. Sorry? Yeah, you probably do. All right, let's 410. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
Let's sing page number nine. I love you, Lord. We'll sing that through two times. house. It's good to see Brother Danny with us tonight. We've been praying for him and of course uh, for you that I believe everybody knows now but uh, he had a heart attack on uh, Monday, Monday morning about four o'clock in the morning. It started uh, chest pains and uh, um, so we praise the Lord that uh, he was able to get to the hospital quick enough and uh, doctors thank God for good doctors. And uh, they, they took care of him, and, and we thank the Lord for uh, uh, just have his hand of protection on Brother Danny. We appreciate him around here. He does such a good job as a deacon and then also as a Sunday school teacher and just all the things that he does. Appreciate him and his family, so it's good to have him back. And uh, I think he's all rested up. He got, to, he got to watch a little bit of football and baseball, and, man, he... Miss Melinda said, told me today that, that she told him not to expect uh, three, uh, three hot meals a day like he was used to in the hospital. And, uh, but uh, anyways, we're, we're glad that he's back with us uh, this, this evening. I do uh, appreciate you being here. hope that you've already been blessed for being in the Lord's house. It's been good already uh, to just sing praises unto him for he's worthy of our praise. And I uh, hope that you've already had a blessed week this week as well. We're going to continue our study on the character of David, the character of David. Uh, David was, again, a mighty man of God, greatly used of God, and greatly spoke of in his word uh, of God, uh, by God. And um, we said that uh, David was mentioned 1,127 times in the Bible. God had a lot to say about David. And uh, we think, well, okay, that's a lot. But then you compare that to the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was mentioned, the Apostle Paul was mentioned 163 times in the Bible. So God had much to say. And we're, we're going to look at, uh, uh, we have been looking at just some of the things about, uh, about David and his character. And um, the first week we looked at the fact that God always has a man for his plan. And then we said the next week that God always has a plan for his man. And then we've seen that God always has, there's a cause worth fighting for. Uh, there's some things that we just need to stand up for. And David said, is there not a cause? And we discovered that. And then uh, last week we discovered that we need to live by faith and not by sight. Use the example of David and how uh, when he saw Goliath, it didn't bother him. He wasn't living by sight. He was living by faith in Jesus and as God has spoke to him, and he was going to obey him. Uh, so we've seen the example of faith of David, but tonight I want to look at the example of friendship. The example of friendship. 
Uh, of course, you know exactly where I'm going whenever I say that. Uh, true friendship is the title of the message tonight. True friendship. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. I believe friendship is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to humans for us to have as true friends. Uh, I often think, stop and just thank the Lord for my friends. I mean, my true friends, those that I know that I can call on any hour of the day, any time of the day. It doesn't matter. I can call on them. I know that they can call. They know they can call on me, and uh, we will be there as much as we can for each other. And I, th- I stop often and I say, "Thank you, Lord, for so and so," and I thank you, Lord, for so and so because they have been true friends to me. And uh, what a great example they've been to me. But more importantly, I, I asked the Lord that I would be a true friend to them. You know, see, true friendship is not just one-sided, but it's, it's, it's on both sides. I mean, you are willing to work and to uh, do for the other as they are willing to do the same for you. In 1 Samuel chapter number 18, we come across two names. Two names. The Bible's filled with names and that go together. We think of... Uh, people like names that uh, come together in your mind. The first thing that came to me was like Samson and Delilah. That was one of the things. I don't know if that was because of the song that I heard, uh, what's his name, sing, uh, that uh, Tim Hawkins sing. I don't know if that was it or what, but uh, that was one of the first ones came to. I think of Paul and Silas. I mean, uh, Paul and Barnabas. I, I mean, some of these things, uh, just, uh, you know, names that you just, whenever you, you, they just go together. Well, no, none of them go better together than David and Jonathan. I mean, when I think of, when I think of truly of uh, friends and people that have stood by each other through thick and thin, uh, I think of David and Jonathan and the great example uh, that they are. There in 1 Samuel chapter number 18, verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now let me say something here. There's a lot of perverted people out there that want to say that this was a perverted relationship. That is absolutely not the case, 100% not the case. These were men's men. They did not, uh, and they were godly men. And uh, it goes on to say, And Saul took him that day and would let, would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant between, uh, because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garment, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity uh, to be in your house, Lord, we do thank you as we uh, just we just praise your holy name for the blessings that you bestow on us, Lord, for the valleys, but also for the victories. And I thank to, thank you, Lord, tonight for uh, Brother Danny and Lord, just uh, putting your your healing hand and touch upon him. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to touch him and uh, Lord provide for him and his health. And uh, Lord, we do thank you for what you're going to do there, Lord. Tonight we ask for your presence to be in our presence. We need to hear from heaven. Lord, we need to hear from you, and Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. David had just finished, we know going into this next chapter, that David had just finished this battle with Goliath. Probably one of the toughest tests to date in David's life. Uh, Of course, we know the story of uh, David going against the lion and David going against the bear. Uh, But the greatest story up to this point was, or the greatest trial up to this point, I believe, was uh, that of David and Goliath. And uh, but the thing it is, is that he passed uh, with flying colors. It was a test that. He passed with flying colors. Matter of fact, he passed head of his class. I mean, no one else was willing to, uh, to stand up in battle, but David was willing to take a stand and do what was right. However, something was looming much larger in David's life. Something was going on, uh, was going to come uh, to pass much greater than any Goliath that David would ever uh, see or any bear or any lion, but he was going to face something that's more severe than even Goliath. He would have to deal with the rage and jealousy of a king, King Saul. And uh, so often in life, we, uh, we think we've passed tests only to realize that it was just one of a series of tests that we're having to take. 
And uh, that's exactly what happened in David's life. He was filled with many tests. But God has a way of building his children. You ever notice that? God has a way of building his children by having us deal with trials and troubles so that we learn to trust and lean on him and look to him. Uh, that's the purpose of trials and troubles, that we would look to him and that we would not try to lean on our own understandings, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. So often in life we think that we've passed the test, but we realize there's another test right behind that. As great of a test as it was for David to face Goliath, it was not nearly the test that he was going to be facing with Saul. And uh, it's interesting to, and helpful to understand what God did to help David in coping with this, how he was going to deal with Saul. Remember, Saul was a king who tried. We, we didn't, David didn't know this at the time, but we know, reading the Bible, we know that uh, Saul was the king that wanted to have David killed. I mean, he sought for his life. And so Saul became so filled with rage and jealousy, and his anger was out of control. He wanted David killed. God spared the life of David in such a way that only God could get the glory, only God could get the credit, and only God uh, seemed fit to be able to do this. And on one occasion, Saul, if you remember the stories, uh, Saul took a uh, spear in his hand and he got mad and he took it with a steady arm and he threw the spear at David. Now, you have to understand this about Saul. Saul was a, a master soldier. He was one that, uh, he, I mean, he had fought his battles and uh, he was very skilled with the spear. Uh, he could kill a, an animal running uh, uh, so with the spear, let alone a man just standing there. However, God seemed fit to spare his life. And we're, we praise the Lord for that, the example there that God did. How was God going to help David deal with such a man as Saul? You think about that. I mean, he's, God's always preparing. God's always doing a work in our life. How is he going to do this? Well, the, the, there's a very simple answer. He gave David a true friend. He gave David a true friend. Many women, many men and women have faced uh, insurmountable trials in their life. And God has given them a friend to help them through, to see them through it. Think about this in the morning. Think about this in the morning. Uh, of the battle with Goliath, David's oldest brother, he came to David and, 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 and turned his back on David and turned from him. But in that evening, God gave David the heart of Jonathan, a friend that proved to stick closer than a brother. And uh, many of us can testify of friends that have, when we're going through trials and troubles, those friends come around, the, around us and, and surround us with their love and their, their care, and they build us up and they encourage us and they pray for us. And, oh, what a blessing it is to have a true friend. And uh, uh, many men have thought they could not finish the task, but God give them a friend. Many pastors have thought uh, the task is too hard. I, I just don't know how to. I'm going to finish, but God give him a friend. The Lord's been good to me in this way. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a particular man now who came to my aid in his friendship in a period of, of time of testing and trials in my life when I thought, what, what is the use? Why, why keep on going on? And God give me a friend that encouraged me in the Lord. And, and what, a, what a blessing. God gave me a friend, but God gave David a friend. You might think it's interesting to note that Jonathan was more likely, more than likely, twice the age of David. It doesn't seem like a good who someone that you would think, okay, these are good friends. I mean, twice the age, but that's what most scholars say is that he was more of the David was more of an age as a, as a son or. Uh, as you know, as a younger, a lot younger person than Jonathan, I've heard it said that if if you live a full life and can count a handful of hand, uh, friends on one hand, if you can count a, a handful of friends, you consider yourself a wealthy person and a, a good uh, and a blessed person. You see, I believe God wants every one of us to be true friends. God gave David a true friend, and his name was Jonathan. I'd like to look at three thoughts about true friendship tonight. Number one, 
I want you to notice the start of this friendship. Look there in verse 1 of our text. It says, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That word knit there, look at that. It, it means to show, uh, to show a bound together, to be bound together, uh, to bind together, or to be sewn together. That's what that word means there, that their hearts were knit together, that they become almost as one. Uh, such a close relationship. Uh, that's what a true friendship is, one that, is that, that your heart is that much in tune with someone else. This was a start of a wonderful and a beautiful uh, friendship. And, and Jonathan was by, think about this, Jonathan was by uh, his father's side this whole time. When David went into battle with Goliath, Saul, uh, Saul and Jonathan were there. Jonathan loved his father and had been steadfast with him. He didn't move uh, beyond his side. When David returned from fighting Goliath and having Goliath's head in his hand, Jonathan was right there. He saw it. He witnessed it all. One would think that this friendship was strange under Indiana, any other circumstance. One was a prince, an heir of his father's throne, and the other a shepherd boy. It just doesn't seem likely. You think about it in today's time. You think about it back then, it was even more unrealistic. But in today's time, how unrealistic for a prince uh, to be a friend with a shepherd. Uh, it just it seems uh, like it was an unlikely friendship. But Jonathan, the, the crown prince, he was the oldest son of Saul, the rightful heir of the throne of Israel. And David was just an ordinary man, just an ordinary guy. He grew up in Bethlehem as a shepherd boy. On this day, the crown prince of Israel had his soul knit together with David. The Bible says this, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. That expression there, loving favor, favor rather than silver and gold, God did something in Jonathan's heart that day as he was standing there with his father looking at David. He knit their hearts together. God caused David to have favor in the heart of Jonathan. Did you know that in the providential care of God in our lives, he allows us to come into contact with people. And he allows people to walk into our offices, into our lives, into our homes. And have you ever thought that they might be divine appointments? That God has put people in our lives for a particular reason. Maybe, maybe they're there to for us. They need a, a friend. They need someone that, to help encourage them. Or maybe it could be the fact that we need them to help encourage us. No one could have imagined on that day the hero of Israel, the, the, the champion of Israel would need a friend such as Jonathan. But he did. If we read on through the story, you'll understand the, uh, how God tied all that, those things together. And God knew that Saul would become the enemy of David and, uh, and that David would, uh, would need this true friendship. We do not know what is down the road or around the corner. However, God knows and, uh, and uh, God has put in the human heart a, a binding uh, love for one another. And we need to enter into those friendships that are pure and wholesome and God-honoring. You can find selfish people out there. They're out there. And uh, you know how you can find a selfish person? Usually they're alone. They're lonely people. Uh, but the Bible says this in Proverbs 18:24: A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So we look at this start of this friendship, but I want you to notice, secondly, the statement of this friendship. This friendship was not self-serving. It, uh, it wasn't something that... I, I, I think we all have had friends like this or so-called friends like this. It was all They want to call you when they need something. Anybody else ever had friends like that? I've had friends like that. Only time they ever call you, only time they need, uh, is when they need something, that's not a friend. That's not a true friend. 
a friendship. This friendship was not self-serving, but it was self-sacrificing. They were willing to sacrifice for each other. Humanly speaking, there was nothing Jonathan, think about this, there was nothing that Jonathan could gain from, from, from this friendship. There was nothing David had in his possession that he could have given to Jonathan, but Jonathan befriended him anyway. Notice how Jonathan expressed uh, this, this friendship. Look there in verse 2 through 4. It says, And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword, to his bow, and to his girdle. David stood in the tent of Saul, and Saul said, You can't go home to your father anymore. You're going to stay here with me. Jonathan went to David and did something that was, it's an amazing thing what happened here. I don't know if you understand all the details, what's going on here in this story. I'm going to explain it to you a little bit. But, but what, 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 by this statement, what he was doing was he was expressing some things to David. He was he's saying, I, I, I'm saying to you that, that the way you live by faith in God, trusting God, face, facing uh, Goliath and, and le- leaning on God for your strength is the right way, David. That's what he's saying in so many words. He's saying, hey, I, I like the way that you've handled this. Uh, this faith way is the way to go. We've been living by sight, and Dad and I, we've been living by sight. But David, this is a way that we ought to be living our lives, is by faith and trusting God and leaning on God. And that's what he was saying here. He's saying it's not by sight or by sword or by spear or by even sovereignty of king. It is by faith in God. He says, I want your way. That's what he was saying. I believe in your way. I, I want to live your way, David. Now, that's, not only the, that's just part of what he was saying here. By placing his royal robe on David, you know what he was doing? He was giving up his right to the throne. He was saying, you know what, David? I'm, I'm relinquishing my right as king, and I'm going to give you my robe. And he puts the robe on David. Now, this may not mean much to you, but if you think about what, what is happening here, is, is Jonathan is doing something that is sacrificing his own will. He's doing something that most people would not do today. He's saying, I, I'm, I know I'm rightfully heir to the kingdom of God, but I'm saying your way is the right way. I'm, I'm saying that your will is the right... I, you are going the right, down the right road and I'm willing to follow you. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, you, David, can be king in my place. Can you imagine a human heart so full of love for God and for man and for doing what should be right to say, you can be king instead of me? No wonder this friendship of David and Jonathan is held as a model uh, as a friendship and devotion today. When we think about friends, I mean, anytime you hear someone talking about friends in the Bible, what's your first thing? David and Jonathan. I mean, that's just the first thing you think of because of that true friendship that they had. More than that, Jonathan humbled himself before David. And by, with his actions, he's saying, my father's way, he's saying, the way that we have chosen is not right, and we need to live by faith and not by sight. The Bible says that they entered into a covenant together. Now, I was doing some study on this, and there were some interesting things that they don't really know exactly how it happened, but they might have exchanged some things uh, with blood in their hands, and they would have, might have shook hands or grabbed each other by the arm, and, uh, but there was some blood involved in it. As this covenant, and uh, this Bible says, the Bible says that they 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 joined in a covenant together. The thing God wants us to see here is that when we exchange garments, when when they exchange garments, when Saul's son Jonathan gave David his robe, he was saying there is one right way, one right way to live, and you're living the right way, David. I have went down my way and discovered it's the wrong way. And I surrender my right to the throne to you. That's interesting to me. 
We find an example of someone doing this same thing in the New Testament. His name's Peter. There in Luke chapter 5, the Bible, you might remember the story when Peter was fishing all night long. And God says to him, the Lord says to him, he says, he says, launch out into the deep. You remember the story? He says, launch out into the deep. And when Peter launched out into the deep, he found that his tent began to, uh, to fill up so much that it began to sink. And as soon as he got back to the shore, Peter fell at it on his face uh, to Jesus at Jesus' feet and said this, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter said, Lord, I have tried my way, but I, I want you to know that I believe your way is the right way. He fell at the feet of Jesus and said, I give myself to you. That was what Jonathan was doing here as an example. He was saying, hey, you know what? I'm giving my will up for your will. I, I, I see your ways the right way. God has something for us to learn in this. There's a specific purpose of God's recording the start of this friendship and the statement of this friendship between David and Jonathan and the way that Jonathan behaved himself here. God wants us to see the way David lived is the way we ought to live. Trusting God and glorifying God and having faith in God is the only way for the believer. But then I want you to notice the final thing here, the standard of this friendship. It's been over 3,000 years over 3,000 years since this event took place. And I'm preaching about it today. Their influence and their example of friendship is still the standard for today. It's still the model. It's still what we compare. You know, a true friend is ought to be. David learned that God was in every step that he took. He did not know on the day that he defeated Goliath how important it would be to have such a friend as Jonathan... But he soon, soon learned how important it would be. This should be the standard of friendship for us today. There are people that I love who would not be around anymore. Their lives be completely wasted had not the Lord given them a friend. I started thinking about this as I was preparing this. I, I personally would not be here today had it not been a friend that invited me to church I personally would not be here today had it not been a friend that told me about the Lord and, and, uh, and witnessed to me and, and uh, led me to the Lord. Had it not been for a friend. Do you know that you and I have the power of, and responsibility from the Lord to encourage people? You know, we need to be a friend to other people. We need to be this true friend. See, we, expect, we exercise much of, and, uh, of the power of, over our children, uh, but we can do something for people by doing, being true Christian friends to each other. Someone once called me, uh, someone one time they called me about a, a friend and told me a story that, I, that really concerned me that I knew it wasn't true. So I called that friend one day and I told him of the situation, I told him, uh, what had happened, I told him, I said, listen, I said, you're my friend, and I'm your friend, but I want you to know this is what happened, and uh, this is what's being said, and uh, I told him that I did not want anything, I didn't want to allow Satan to use anything to cause a, uh, anything to cause a division in between, in between our friendship, and that was important to me, but I believe it was also important to him knowing, showing him my loyalty and the true friendship that, listen, I'm going to stand beside you, I'm going to stand with you and encourage you. This is what's being said, and it's not right. See, the king, the kind of loyalty and friendship is the standard that is set by David and, jo and Jonathan ought to be the example that we live by today, should be our standard today, this true friendship. The Bible says there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, I, I, when I look at this, I, I never didn't have any brothers. I had a sister. And growing up, my sister and I, we were probably like most people. Um, we didn't get along the greatest. Um, there was on a couple occasions where uh, there was, we didn't get along very well. There's, let me just put it to you that way. But now, you know, I've got a friend, my sister's my friend, and I love her. 
But you know, I've got some friends that are even closer, even closer than a brother. I've got some friends that I know that I can count on and they're there for me. I thought about this in Luke chapter 15. The Bible records uh, that the publican and sinners gathered with the Lord Jesus. When the scribes and Pharisees saw this, they said, Look, look at him. He, he eats and drinks with sinners and with publicans. Our Lord Jesus Christ knew what, what, what they were thinking, what they were saying, and he began to tell them a story. He said there was a man that had a hundred sheep and one of them was lost. And he loved that, sheep, that lost sheep so much that he willingly risked his own life to go out and find it and to save that sheep. Then he told of a father that had two sons. One of the sons left home and squandered his living away, and, but he never gave up on him. Then he told uh, of, a, uh, he told of a, a woman that had lost ten coins or had ten coins and she lost one and she searched the whole house over just to find that that coin was so precious to her that she went to find, she'd done everything that she could to find it. The Lord Jesus let them know that he was not only a friend, he was willing to come to earth to find them. He was willing to go to Calvary to save them. He was willing to seek and to suffer until they were found. We have a friend whose name is Jesus, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I believe that David and Jonathan ought to be examples of how we have humanly our friendships should be here on earth. But more importantly, we have a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ that will never forsake us, never leave us. His name is Jesus and he will always be there. No matter what, hey, doesn't matter what time of the day, doesn't matter the night, God's there for us. It doesn't matter the circumstances, He's always there for us. I'd like to say in this relationship of David and Jonathan, as I've studied it out and I've looked it over time and time again, I haven't noticed, I've noticed that they, they were close, that there wasn't, they didn't let anything come in between them, even Jonathan's relationship with his dad, he wouldn't allow that to come in between David and Jonathan. That was a tight-knit relationship, a, a friendship that was so close. And that, hey, we should be like that. But can I tell you, sometimes we have friends. Sometimes we are friends that let our friends down. But we have a friend that's, that will never let, let us down, that will never leave us nor forsake us. May this story of David and Jonathan become our standard of friendship. May we become friends like David and Jonathan were to each other. May we be a friend of Jesus. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. True friendship. The example set here by Jonathan and David, they were willing to sacrifice for each other. They were willing to do whatever it took to meet the needs of each other. There's even a promise that they, that covenant, that they would, David would take care of Jonathan down the road. And we know the story would happen. And he took care of Jonathan's family. What an example of true friendship. I said this a couple weeks ago. I remember I had preached a message here a few weeks ago about friends don't let friends die and go to hell. Let me ask you. What kind of friend are you today? Are you willing to be that self-sacrificing friend that willing to, you know, it may cost you a little bit, but are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to do what it takes to be a friend, to share the gospel, to be a friend to those that you come in contact with? I want to encourage you to find a place. Maybe there's someone that God put upon your heart, a friend that's not saved. I believe I've got, I think of a couple friends that I have right now that aren't saved, that I know that aren't saved, that I need to be a friend to them, encourage them and speak to them and tell them, be a light in this dark world to them. Share the gospel with them. Maybe God put someone on your heart tonight. It may not be your best friend that you 
but it's a friend, someone, an acquaintance, someone that you come in contact with on a daily basis, and God put them upon your heart, I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar and say, Lord, help me. Help me to be a friend. They need to see that I'm a true friend, that I'm there for them, to encourage them, and to pray for them. I want you to find a place at the altar and pray for that, that person. Pray for that friendship. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, do ask, Lord, that, uh, Lord, I think of uh, two friends that I have right now that have come to mind that, Lord, that aren't saved, they don't live for you, but, Lord, they know that I live for you. Lord, I pray that I would be a better friend to them. Lord, that they would, through the witness and through the testimony that I have of you, Lord, that maybe they might be saved through that. Lord, help me to be that witness, that friend, that true friend to them. Lord, that they might be saved before it's eternally too late. Lord, as men and women uh, think about friends in their lives, Lord, that they would be that witness to their friends as well. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to challenge you to find a place at the altar if God has spoke to your heart about a friend that you may have. Maybe it's someone, a co-worker. Folks, we come in contact with so many people. And the reality is this. The only thing that really matters in life is that people are either going to die and spend eternity in heaven or they're going to die and spend eternity in hell. There's there's souls that are out there. And we must be more soul conscious. We must be more soul burdened. A true friend will tell you, will tell you about the Lord. these folks in your prayers of course continue to pray for brother Danny and the family pray for them it's good that he's doing much better he's probably got more energy than he's had in a while but he he still needs a lot of prayers and would ask that you would remember him in your prayers remember brother Greg in your prayers as he's still battling with uh, uh, some stomach issues and uh, remember him with his pancreatitis remember our church family as we Uh, uh, we're encouraged to pray for one another. When one of us hurt, we all hurt. So remember these folks in your prayers. Continue to pray for the McGinnis family in the time of bereavement. Pray for the Land family as well in time of bereavement. Remember the Shaner family. The funeral was yesterday. For some of you that knew him, uh, some of you knew the family Continue to pray for that family in time of bereavement, the Shaner family. Would ask that you would be praying for our Seedline Conference coming up here in a couple weeks. Pray the Lord will use that and see uh, many scriptures uh, available to those that don't have them. Maybe someone else have a yes, Miss Suzanne. Yes. I saw that. Okay, pray for Miss Suzanne's sister. She's uh, on a medical team there. She's a uh, nurse there at the hospital, and um, they are encouraged. Well, they have to stay at the hospital. Uh, day and night during this this Hurricane Irma. Uh, They're saying this one is going to be a a horrible one as well. So you pray for all those that are going to be in contact with this, also those that are in Texas 
and Louisiana, just wherever uh, this hurricane hits, uh, that folks would be uh, prepared. Yes. Okay. Pray for Emily and uh, her family as they uh, need to be in church. I'm not really sure about their salvation, but do need to be in church. But David. The coworker of mine's name is Ron. His mother passed away Sunday. Okay. And the uh, funeral is potentially Saturday. Okay. Okay. Pray for the uh, Miss Hannah's family that is there in South Carolina. Pray for all those that may be affected by this. Also, I, I got word today that Brother Jimmy's mama, I guess she passed away this week as well. Uh, I think it was yesterday or today. I didn't hear from him. I heard through the grapevine. So pray for Brother Jimmy Clevenger. Um, don't know any of the details right now. I just uh, know that we need to be praying for him. And um, you'd be an encouragement to him as well. All right. Yes, Miss Evelyn. Um, continue to pray for my mom. She got some really difficult news this week, and it's going to be a long time that she's going to have to deal with it. So. Okay. Continue to pray for her. Okay. Pray for Miss Evelyn. Going to yes, uh, Brother Adam, Miss Evelyn, and uh, Jane will be heading to Ecuador here in a couple weeks on a missions trip and you pray for them as God uh, works in their lives and in the lives of those in Ecuador and uh, I know that their whole purpose of this is not necessarily for the physical but more for the spiritual and uh, that souls will be saved and lives changed through their efforts and so you pray for them I know their desire is to be a, a, a witness and a tool uh, for the master's use alright brother Adam um, also pray for Could not hear that. Brother Adam's going to a, a conference, a meeting this uh, next week, and uh, they're, they're, there's a, uh, they're voting on this resolution of um, having Darwin Days and uh, having one day set to recognize him and to honor him, and then also to um, defund any schools that have teach uh, in uh, the Bible and teach of. Uh, the living God. So you you pray for Brother Adam. He wants to. He's going to stand up. He wasn't going to go to the men's retreat with us, um, but the Lord has convicted his heart to be there and to speak up uh, on the, the behalf of Christians. And so you pray for him. Pray for the whole situation there. All right. Anyone else? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the privilege we have to pray that we can lift our petitions, knowing that you hear us. God, I pray that you would forgive us for where we fail you so many times. And Lord, as we come to you, we are we are heavy-hearted and, and humbled, Lord, to just to be in your presence. And Lord, we ask tonight as we uh, lift up these petitions to you tonight, Lord, that you would hear each one of them and that your will would be done in each situation. Lord, we do thank you, Brother Adam, as he goes uh, to this meeting. Lord, I pray that you would give him the words to say, and Lord, that it would fall on a good, a good ground, and Lord, that people would uh, realize uh, the importance of creation and not evolution. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, just meet in a great and mighty way there. Lord, I ask also as they, they head out to Ecuador that you would keep them safe, and Lord, that you would give them a good time of uh, spiritual uh, work there, that they would see souls saved and lives changed. And Lord, I pray that you would do a great work there as well. Lord, I thank you uh, Miss, uh, for Emily, Miss Suzanne's uh, family. Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, if she needs to be saved, Lord, that you would save her, Lord, and for the family to be in church and uh, Lord, to get their lives straightened out. 
Lord, I think of those that are involved uh, that may be contacted with this hurricane. Lord, I pray that you would put a protection that people would uh, be ready and be aware of the situation and not just take it for granted. And Lord, I pray that you would just meet the needs there as many uh, Texans are still uh, recovering from this. And Lord, I pray that you would just meet the needs there. And Lord, I ask that you would continue to be with uh, Brother Danny as uh, as he's healing. Lord, I ask that you would be with the McGinnis family and the Land family and also uh, for Brother Jimmy, uh, the Clevenger family is uh, in this in their time of bereavement. Lord, uh, I know that my uh, mind may be failing me. There's some others that uh, you have put on our hearts. I thank Brother Greg and uh, Lord, his his pancreatitis and Lord, just the other the other things that we've lifted up to you. Lord, you know each situation. Lord, we uh, ask that you would intervene according to your will. Lord, we do thank you for what you're going to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let me give you just a couple announcements as I have a couple of the men come forward. We'll take up this evening's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you that this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday, we're going to have our, our uh, teen activity, the amazing race. And if you're involved with that, I think my wife and I are going to either be get with you tonight or tomorrow and get you all the details and uh, let you know exactly what we're going to be doing on that. And then also, uh, just a reminder, tomorrow night, Faith is still having the revival. I won't be able to be there tomorrow night, uh, but Faith is still uh, having the revival tomorrow. So with Brother McBride, went there Monday night, had a tremendous message, and I encourage you, if you can get to go, please go for that. And then on September 15th and 16th is a men's retreat. Uh, Hoosier Hills, a sign-up sheet on the back table. And I think that's all the pertinent news that we have at this time. Uh, let's go ahead and have uh, ask Brother Davis, or would you please ask a blessing? But Brother Adam's dad, um, Brother Roger, is out of the hospital now. He was in the hospital for a few days. His heart went out of rhythm and then also pneumonia. And uh, But um, he's on uh, steroid now and doing better. But I would ask that you would remember him in your prayers as well, uh, Brother Roger Amos. All right. Let's all stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. Brother Ed, sir, would you close us in a word, sir? Lord, we ask you now for your